J-Files on Double J. In the late 80s and early 90s, a new sound was emerging out of London's rave scene. Stemming from hardcore and Jamaican dub and reggae sounds, drum and bass fused two decades of black music and youth culture. Its signature bass lines and break beats spread like wildfire through the underground club scene. Someone who was there at the epicentre of this burgeoning new sound was DJ Storm. Storm, a.k.a. Jane Keneally, is about to take you right back to where it all began. I'm Kaz Tran. This is The J-Files. DJ Storm performed as Chemistry and Storm with her friend and collaborator Kemi Ogusanya until Kemi's death in 1999. Chemistry and Storm also formed the Metalheads label with musician, actor and producer Goldie. But before all that, Storm was just a keen raver who loved going to the underground club nights that would eventually become drum and bass ground zero. I suppose it was um, 89 that we, Chemistry and I, really started discovering what was hardcore at that time. It was when um, Groove Rider and Fabio, um, Brian G, Mickey Finn, were doing things like mixing techno and house records together and kind of creating this new sound in the middle. When we heard it, it was something that was phenomenal to us. It was so exciting and, you know, just something very new that wasn't going on at the time. And even though those DJs were most probably being told it wasn't quite the right thing to do, they loved what they were doing. And I think one of the most important things to chemistry and myself was hearing these tunes in the mix, that it was creating something new and exciting and just had everything in it, you know, with the sounds of acid and techno and house all together. It was just something new and you knew it was something that was making people just move in a different way and, I don't know, come together. I suppose that came back off the summer of love. It was just a truly exciting time and obviously really exciting to us to the point that, you know, at the end of 1990, we decided that, you know, we'd done enough of raving and now we wanted to become part of this scene. So we made the decision to become DJs. Kemi met Goldie, I suppose. He saw her in Red or Dead. She was working in a shoe shop in Camden. They started dating and we kind of took him along to Rage, was the big club we were going to on Thursday night where the residents were Fabio and Groove Rider. 
Then on a Friday night, we would go to Coventry and hear people like Top Buzz. Um, it's where we discovered Doc Scott. Um, lots of different DJs. Brian G would be there. Mickey Finn would be there. You'd also get Ray Keith in um, Heaven upstairs at Rage on a Thursday. And it was really, you know, watching those DJs and listening to those music that really educated us into how we wanted to be. And at that time, you could hear everybody kind of had a different style. You could tell which DJ was on at the time. We felt a real kind of unity with the music. It was doing something really exciting to all of us and we were all feeling this same kind of feeling that this was something really exciting and new. And then you started to get labels almost trying to create what was going on in the mix of what these DJs were doing. Um, very complex, using different sounds from different genres of music and putting them all together. I suppose Reinforce was the pivotal label to listen to what they were doing and the exciting kind of things they were putting together uh shut up and dance as well i mean I've, I've pretty much got all their collection and it was so exciting and bringing in kind of the reggae dance hall lyric at the time was a new kind of thing and the reggae bass line that was happening underneath so jungle was born and i suppose later that became drum and bass Super sharp, shooter, shooter. Chemistry and Storm, along with their friend and fellow drum and bass enthusiast Goldie, were in the thick of this rapidly developing sound. Storm says they embraced their newfound passion with both hands. For Kemi and I, it wasn't just a passion, it became an obsession for us to be able to do this and mix these tunes. And, you know, Goldie was fantastic enough to give us some money to buy the decks. So we got those in um, late 1991. And by then, when we got them set up, we were just mixing, mixing, mixing until, you know, we got our technique down. I think that's what it is about drum and bass and, and if you're doing something that you love and you feel a passion for, you want to put everything into it and you you want to be that DJ that comes and, and makes people dance and enjoy what they're doing while you're kind of entertaining them. And for us, that was so exciting to kind of start from nothing, get our technique down. We were lucky enough, again through Goldie, to get an early kind of pirate radio show, Touchdown FM. gave us a really good grounding. I think pirate radio was really important in this country. It just kind of spread the word of the music on an underground level. Um, you could access it, you know, pretty much any time of the day. And we were lucky enough then to go on to a very new kind of radio show called Defection FM, where we stayed for about four years and really interesting to us to meet the people who were running it. They worked really hard to keep these things underground. And I mean, they were illegal, but they were really, you know, the ground kind of force of what was going on at the time. And um, they were essential, really, to spread the word of drum and bass. I 
think Kemi and I were always really obsessed with hearing other DJs and, you know, and I think there were so many different styles around in those days and the tunes were, you know, exciting. So whatever DJ you heard, they were going to mix up those tunes a different way. And, you know, we just kind of listened to all the really top DJs and watched what we were doing, you know, and I think we learned different things from different DJs. Um, and I think Chemistry and Storm was a combination of all of that. You know, what we heard from LTJ Bookham was the king of putting music together. Brian G was amazing at rolling it out. Obviously, Fabio and Groove Rider, two fantastic DJs, but with two very different interesting styles and I think from and then of course Randall you know the absolute Don in the mix from listening to all these DJs and every DJ that you heard Mickey Finn or or Ray Keith or you know Jumping Jack Frost you would learn something new and I think Kemi and I were like sponges and we just wanted to take a little piece almost like you make a tune take a little piece of everything and then put it together as yourselves and once we started getting out there people started saying we we definitely did have a style and people used to call it rough with the smooth and I think we were that we were conscious of that that we would kind of make our sets a certain way and obviously when we played we would switch around so chemistry would get to play first one time and then storm and so the chemistry and storm thing became a I suppose a really symbiotic blend of, 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 of all of our tunes. One night after another session out at one of their favourite club nights, Goldie laid out plans for a new drum and bass label called Metalheads. We came back from Rage one night, Kemi, myself and Goldie, and Goldie was so excited by the music that night, why not? And he kind of, you know, kind of said, I'm going to make this music, you two are going to play it, we're going to have a label, we're going to have a club. And I think the seed was sown and from there, Goldie did exactly what he said he was going to do. He made his first release, Ajax Project, and pressed him up himself and did the underground thing there where you took it round to the record shops yourself. Goldie started, you know, kind of building up his catalogue of tunes and he'd always wanted this label that he showcased the artists that turned him onto drum and bass, i.e. Doc Scott, Wax Doctor, Alex Reese. J-Magic was obviously brand new, but Dillinger, you know, had been around for a while and already was kind of a drum and bass genius, as, as we know. Um, so, you know, the beginnings of Metalheads were about Goldie finding these artists and releasing their stuff to say thank you very much almost for turning me onto this music. In the beginning, yes, it was um, it was difficult because it was a slightly unique sound. I suppose it was a, a step forward of what was going on at that time. And I mean, Reinforce were always forward thinking and, and always ahead of the game. So I suppose Goldie didn't want it to be that way. It just turned out that way. It was, again, from a passion of him respecting people. And I think in return, those people gave him some amazing tunes and for Goldie it wasn't about making money it was just about releasing what you wanted to release and maybe felt a kind of constraint maybe from other labels whereas Metalheads had this real freedom for you to express yourself exactly what it how you wanted um so then in 95 August 95 Goldie had been signed to do Timeless and um didn't have time so he let Kemi and I run the label um so that's how we got involved in running the label and we were 
didn't really know how to run a label but again we got advice from our, our family at Reinforced and for us your sound, Angels Fell EP, Dillinger and J-Magic, not a difficult set of tunes to release, really. So, you know, for us, it kind of worked perfectly. As metalheads grew, so did the label's notoriety. It became known for its huge Sunday rave sessions at London nightclub Blue Note. We were offered these five nights at the Blue Note on a Sunday night to do Metalheads and um, we took the opportunity and said, yeah, let's give it a go. All these labels were on trial. There were Ninja Tunes in there and Anuka was in there. So again, the Blue Note had chosen some really interesting labels from slightly different genres of underground music and Metalheads fitted perfectly and Sunday raving no nothing that like that had really been done before i think the only thing that was close to that was most probably the morning after in covent garden but that was kind of an afternoon thing so yeah metalheads was a a new kind of way of looking at drum and bass and for us we were like yeah that really works you know sunday night seven till twelve last dance of the weekend get it out your system be happy to go to work on a monday Metalheads the, had a vehicle now to, with the Blue Note to put the names of the tunes on your dub plates and people would look at your dub plates and we were very good at letting people know what was coming out and as Kemi and I travelled abroad we would take promos with us and find the DJs in that area who could help us distribute our product and you know it really was an exciting time because now we kind of achieved that dream that Goldie had talked about all those years ago and um, it just was fantastic and then obviously Timeless came out and it was well received I mean still one of the most amazing drum and bass albums to date you can't deny it and then moving along we started a residency at leisure lounge um in london and so we had two nights now going and then metalhead started touring so it was a really exciting time and it just worked so perfectly and we had the music to back it and the fantastic people making it so it did become that family that we'd always wanted Middleheads was one of a handful of labels crucial to the development of drum and bass. As its popularity grew, drum and bass spawned dozens of subgenres and spread its tentacles right around the world. It's just constantly gathering momentum and um, it's lovely now that it is so global that everybody can get involved in it if they want to. You know, back in the day, you most probably needed a big studio to make a tune. Now you just need a laptop. So again, that makes all, I know it makes all music accessible, but very much drum and bass. So if, when people said to me years ago, you know, how long do you think this will be going? I mean, chemistry and I said, forever. And it's still here right now. And it's still moving forwards. And even though it's, you know, in many different genres now, they're all doing really well. Um, and so it's lovely to realise that in, at this stage people still love this music and that's just fantastic.
I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening to The J-Files. The J-Files.